0: tell you what let's have all of the important people come down to the front if you are in fifth grade or younger we invite you up onto the stage at this time even the ones with new shoes y'all can come up here if you want those are pretty cool y'all want to come up here you can come up here i finally found a mint that i think you'll like So, well, these are, the ones I found yeah. are strawberry. You like strawberry? strawberry? Yes. yes, I don't know. There's no mint in these at all. Is that the right one? There's no mint in this one. It's just strawberry. So, here's, here's we. so there's a book. The book is called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. If you take the letters from the first letter from each of those words, you get... A-L-O-I-T-S-D, which are the same letters in this company that makes mints. And their slogan is that their mints are curiously strong. And it occurred to me that God wants your faith to be curiously strong. He wants you, as you grow... To have a faith that gets stronger and stronger and stronger over the course of your life. So, I want you to tell me. Hold out your hand. We're just gonna want you to tell me. These are strawberry flavored. Ah, you can have another one if you want it. You want one? It well, there's a five second rule there for sure. Here, take one. you get it? There it is. These are good, right? They're delicious. There's no mint in this one, I don't think. You want another one? There you go. All right. You need another one? All right. So can I read you a Bible verse? Here it goes. Those who sow in tears will reap with shouts of joy. So this is from a poem in the Bible And it talks about is there ever been a time in your life where you had tears? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. Right? You never cried? Oh yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. We all have we all have days that we're sad, times that we're sad. And you know what God does? He comes to us when we're sad and he reminds us that he loves us and that his love lasts forever. So our sadness we cannot exactly see him, you are correct, but his love, but he, can see us. he can see us, that's true, and his love is always with us. So when we're sad, we, it's, it's okay to be sad when, when it's, you have a reason, and God wants you to know that he loves you, and what's going to last longer, your sadness or God's love? God's love, God's love right? His love lasts Forever sadness only lasts for a little while, and then we remember who God is, what He's done for us, how much He loves us, and we have joy again. These are these mints are too strong. Yeah, Tastes good at the end. Tastes good at the end. Did you chew it up? That's what I need to do. There's blue. Yes, I see. Yeah, and there's green. okay I have lost I've lost control all right these are nasty you open it up and the paper says uncle okay so it's this is the blue when they're really strong and they're mint if you don't like mint if you don't like mint don't eat this one No, you don't like that one, Ellie. Sorry. Throw it just chuck it. Here, throw it back. Good job. All right. You like it? You want the you want one of the mint? You sure? It's crazy strong. No. All right. Can I pray for you guys before you go to Hope for Kids today? Now that I've Now that I've jacked you up with sugar, I'm going to send you to your teachers. All right, let's pray. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for your love. Thank you that you have placed in each of our hearts a faith that grows and becomes stronger and stronger over the course of life. And we thank you that even when we are sad, we have your love inside of us that will last longer than our sadness. We thank you that you are the God who loves, who restores, who heals, and who takes care of us even when we're sad, and we just thank you that your love lasts forever. We pray your blessing over these children as they study more of your word and hope for kids today. Fill them with your Holy Spirit and help them to understand more and more through your word how much you love them. We pray your blessing over them and their families in Jesus' name. Amen. Green. You want a green one? What are you, green crazy? Green. green. Here. Green. I don't know what's wrong with you people. I don't like this. I want the green men. Yeah. I don't like exactly the blue men, but I like the green men. You want a green one? Yeah. I do not get any. Okay, there's a green one. All right. Here, if you don't like it, here, if you don't like it, you can put it in there. (laughs) Thanks. All right. Appreciate it. All right. (laughs) Okay. Will you join me in prayer as we prepare our hearts for God's word this morning? God, our loving Father, we thank you for the gift of your word, and as we pause before your word this morning, we pray that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit. As we open your word, open our hearts and speak to us. Lead us to understand those aspects of your word that we need to hear, and Lord, may we not only be hearers of your word, but those who put your word into practice. And so to that end, we lay at the foot of your cross the burdens of our hearts that we might be more free to encounter you here through your word today. We give you our sins, our disappointments, and failures, and we thank you for the forgiveness, mercy, and grace that are ours in Jesus Christ. We ask that you would be with those relationships in our lives that are strained, and that you would bring about peace and reconciliation where it is needed. We lift to you those whom we know and love who are sick or facing uncertain diagnoses, and we pray your healing mercies upon your people. We lift to you those who grieve. We pray your comfort over them. We lift before you uh, our nation and our leaders at every level of government elected and appointed, and we pray your, you would lead them with, into wisdom and discernment in the decisions that are before them. We lift to you all the men and women in uniform who serve in this country, uh, first responders and military personnel, and we just pray your protection over all of them. We ask that you would be, especially with those who uh, wind up in harm's way, that you would bring them home safely. We lift to you those who've returned home as a result of their service changed, and we pray your healing over them, mind, body, and soul. We ask that you would use us, your church, to show your love to those who are hurting. We pray for the churches that we are connected to through our denomination and through our missions giving. And we lift up uh, Paul and Elizabeth Branch in Guatemala, John and Diane Davis in Laredo, Texas. Uh, We lift up Tatiana as she travels here, soon to arrive on November 14th, we hope. Um, We thank you for your answers to prayer in regard to her. We lift up our sister church in Camajuan, Cuba, and we pray your blessing over them and what you're doing there. We lift up our friend, Pachi Quesada, in Havana, Cuba, and his wife, Marilyn, and we pray your blessing over the ministry that you're carrying out in their midst. We lift to you, uh, Robbie and Joyce Hamd, as they continue to serve uh, people in Lebanon. We just pray your blessing over their work. We lift to you, uh, Monica and Benjamin Bailey, as they work in the Middle East, and we just pray for peace uh, there and throughout this world that your will would be done and your kingdom would come. And so, Lord, we pray all of these things in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. All right. So, uh, we are in the midst of a series of messages right now that is moving through the, the Psalms of, As, of Ascent These psalms are found in your Old Testament in the book of Psalms, and these 15 psalms would be the songs that God's people would have sung as they ascended to the temple in Jerusalem. And so these are hymns that have been echoed throughout the history of God's people, and one of the things we have discovered so far in this series is just how down-to-earth so many of these songs are. They actually talk about the realities of life as well as uh, the grace of God, the love of God, uh, the power of God. And so all of these things are brought into context with one another, and sometimes those contrasts are uh, poetically expressed, as you will see in today's psalm. Um, And uh, if you didn't catch what we're doing with the mints, the uh, We're using a book about these 15 psalms by a pastor named Eugene Peterson. The book title is A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. Those acronym from that would spell something that has all the same letters as Altoids Mints, Curiously Strong Mints. We want to cultivate a curiously strong faith. And so that's the silly metaphor we're using to enter into these Psalms and try to understand what God is saying and how we are to relate to Him and to one another according to His Word and His will. So, today we are at the point in the series where we're going to read Psalm 126. I'm going to read this in two different versions, first from the ESV and then from the message, the, the version written by Eugene Peterson, the author whose book we're using uh, to guide us through this series. So first, from the English Standard Version, um, I'll read Psalm 126. A song of a sense. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears will reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. <clears throat> so, on the premise that you may have a little bit of uh, struggle approaching a 3,000-year-old poem, uh, Eugene Peterson has put this same psalm into a little bit more relatable uh, metaphors, etc. He's stayed fairly true to what's there, but I think this makes the psalm a little bit more accessible, at least it did for me. So I'm going to read Psalm 126 from a version of the Bible called The Message, and here's how Eugene Peterson translates and uh, relates this poem. It seemed like a dream too good to be true when God returned Zion's exiles, We laughed, we sang, we couldn't believe our good fortune. We were the talk of the nations. God was wonderful to them. God was wonderful to us, and we are one happy people. And now, God, do it again. Bring rains to our drought-stricken lives. So those who planted their crops in despair will shout hurrahs at the harvest. So those who went off with heavy hearts will come home laughing with armloads of blessing. So some of you will remember me telling this story before, but my daughter was, I think, in eighth grade, and she had a science project that she wanted two two two-liter bottles, plastic bottles, but they had to be green because she needed them to be green. I don't know why. So I thought I'll just go to HEB, I'll go to the grocery store, I'll get two bottles of Sprite, we'll be happy. Anybody see the problem? Anybody know what's about to happen? I get to the grocery store, what color two-liter bottle does Sprite come in? It's crystal stinking clear. So I'm like, I need a green two-liter bottle. What am I going to do? I look around. I look around. Well, there's only one solution to this problem. Uh, Maybe Mountain Dew might have done it. That could have been more interesting. Uh, Ginger ale comes in a green two-liter plastic bottle. That's the first one I saw. Hence, two or maybe three. uh, Because when I get sent to the store for two things... I always come home with at least three. That's just how I roll. I get it from my dad. It's just, um, you know, just don't worry about it. Drives my wife crazy, but that's okay. She's used to it. Um, So I grab these bottles of ginger ale and I come home and I'm like, well, I can't just dump them out. That would be wasteful. And so I get online and I look for an adult beverage that uses ginger ale. And some crazy person has compiled a a page on a website of about 75 different adult beverages that contain ginger ale. And I'm like, man, that's a lot. How am I going to choose one? I can't make them all. And I'm just scrolling down the list and I see this one that says the Presbyterian. And I'm like, oh. I'm a Presbyterian. I've got ginger ale. This is gonna be great. Maybe, maybe I have found my signature beverage, right? Like here it is. This is awesome. I'm so excited. I follow the instructions to the letter, and I, I don't. It, I think it had like scotch and ginger ale, and I, I don't know. Didn't sound good, but I was really excited. Did I point this out? So I make the little concoction i with great anticipation i put it to my lips i take one sip and i go that is the most boring drink i've ever oh oh i see what's happened here and apparently we Presbyterians have a reputation out there, and some Anglican who tried to make this drink uh, found it so boring they called it the Presbyterian. And so if you were reading along in Eugene Peterson's book, along with us in this series, um, this chapter he talks about being a Presbyterian and being considered by others to be so stoic as to be emotionless. And then he goes on to talk about how wrong that is, that that we as God's children should not be boring. We should be filled with joy and excitement and a certain um, zest for life. That's how we should be defined, as by the grace and love of God, we should be transformed and want to live in a way that is expressive and joyous. And so we come into Psalm 126 with this call to joy. And Mr. Peterson in his book pointed out something that I did not notice on my first read-through. And this is a good little tool for looking at Scripture anytime you're reading through a passage and you see a change in the verb tense, um, the tense is like the past, the present, or the future, that tells you something. Like, pay attention to that change. The, the author is trying to move you from one time period to another. They're trying to convey through that change something through God's Word. And so when you see the verb tense change from past to present to future, pay attention. And so I've used that observation that Dr. Peterson made in in his book as the basis for today's message. We're gonna look at this this aspect of joy of our Christian life as a function of, of the past, as it presents in the present, and as we need to anticipate that joy for the future. And so our first glimpse is in the first two verses of Psalm 126. The verbs are in the past tense for the most part. Um, Yeah, they are. Good. Uh, So we're going to take that as a um, call to actually recall our past joy. This is one of the exercises that God wants us to do as his children. If we are to live joyous lives, we need to be able to recall the joys of the past, the things that God has done for us in his past relationship with us or with his people in the past. These are indicative of who God is and what he will have for us now and in the future. So, We begin by looking back this call to remember God's faithfulness. So, the people of Israel um, had a couple of problems. They were just like our problems. Uh, They were selfish. They were hard-hearted. They did not listen to their Creator. And they went off and did things their own way. You know anybody like that? You're looking at one. Okay, And so, This aspect of human nature manifests itself at one point in their history with their nation being overrun by foreign powers, by foreign military powers, and their people being carried off in captivity, in exile. And so God's people are no longer in Jerusalem where this song is to be sung. They are in a far off place. And then something miraculous happened. Um, The son or grandson of uh, Queen Esther would then have become king in Persia, and he has a soft place in his heart for God's people, and he lets them go home. He lets them return to their homeland. And in that return from exile, there is much Rejoicing, there is much joy, there is much, yes, and there was much rejoicing. Thank you. All right, very good. We can go on. I saw you look up, I knew what you were thinking. (laughs) All right. And this psalm, this poem, is a poet recalling God's faithfulness to bring his people home, to restore to them what they had lost. And so, in remembering God's faithfulness, we are to remember the ways that he has restored us and people and situations to a place where he wants us to be, and he wants us to be blessed. And so, as we look back, we're to see that God is faithful, that he is the God who restores, he is the God who blesses, and this begins to set the stage and till the ground of our hearts to know what to expect in the future. But we begin by remembering God's faithfulness and by remembering God's goodness. That our God is ultimately good. He is is loving. He is full of grace and forgiveness. And we are to express our gratitude. Um, I love how this passage reminds us how important laughter is and just what a, what a quality of our faith that should be, that we can just take a joke, make a joke, enjoy, laugh, move through life together in ways that are bright and fun and exciting we can be those who express the gratitude of our faith and in doing so we are to show others who God is by that expression of joy we want other people to actually look at our lives and say wow God is good God is actually really good like look at what he did for that person, that marriage, that home, that situation, look how that person has responded. They're totally changed. They're totally different. We are to be those who express our gratitude and show the world who God is, that He is a faithful God and a good God. And so those first two verses in the past tense remind us to recall past joy Verse three winds up in the present tense, and it's a reminder for us to savor the present joy of life, of being part of God's family. So, at the beginning of verse three, you'll notice the word Lord is written in small caps, L-O-R-D, small caps. That is always in a good Bible translation. That is always a sign that the author has chosen to use the letters from the name that God gave to Moses in the burning bush. Do you remember what he said? He said Yahweh. Yeah, that that is actually what he said, um, or some version of it. Um, But when we translate that, Moses says, okay, you want me to go to Egypt and just tell the king to let everybody, let all of his slaves go. This sounds like a brilliant idea. Um, and who shall I say sent me to do this? And God says, I am. The power of that name is just hard for us to comprehend. He's the God who I am. Always have I am. I am now, and I always will I am. Like wherever we are in the uh, span of time, I am. And so this eternal aspect of who God is is revealed to Moses, and then it is invoked by his people for the rest of time. When, when this author is writing about their God, he invokes that name, the I am, the eternal one, the one who never stops being. We, to savor the present joy in our lives, are to be able to lean into our eternal God, the God who always has been, who is now, and who always shall be. Eugene Peterson makes an observation in his book that I thought was really profound. He said, we as humans, need to stop looking to other dying souls for our joy, our strength, our purpose, or anything else, and start return to looking to our living God, the God who always has been, is now, and forever shall be. This is where strength can be derived from. This is where purpose can be found, where meaning exists eternally. The God who always has been, who is now and forever shall be. That is the strength that we are to lean into to secure our sense of joy in this life. Let me try to articulate the difference between joy and happiness Happiness is sort of like uh, having a great meal and being full. What's going to happen within a few hours? How are you going to feel? Hungry, right? Like, I can have a great meal, go to bed, wake up, and be like, I'm starving. No, I'm not starving, actually. Uh, this is, this is uh, yeah, anyway. Um, happiness is like being filled, being full with food, it will dissipate so if we are looking to other people for our happiness, guess what that will come to an end we are all mortal we are all flawed so there will be interruptions to that kind of happiness. When we are seeking meaning or fulfillment from another human being, or even worse, a material object. We've all done it to just get in line right behind me. Um, We all do these things. We look for significance and meaning and direction from things or from other people, and they will never last. Those types of fulfillment will dissipate over time. We will become hungry again. And God says, look to me, look to me. I am the living God who never fades, who never gives up, who never quits, who loves you now and forever. I am yours. There we have have a source for strength and hope and life and joy and we are to return to that well often, that eternal well, that place from which we can draw each and every day that never diminishes, never goes away, never betrays, always loves, always abides. We return to that well. The the verse three, the end of verse three says, you know, the Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. We remember who God is, that this eternal being has our best interest in mind, that he is the God of grace, the God of great things, and that he is the God of joy. This thing that abides even in the face of sadness or grief or loss or pain we can manifest joy from knowing the eternal God of love. So, the psalmist recalls the past joys, savors that present joy of knowing the living eternal God, and then calls us with him to anticipate future joy, to to know That God's not done this isn't the end of his story he's only getting started for most of us his story will be written over the course of the future and it will be good it will be bright it will be hopeful it will be full of meaning and purpose and love and all the things that make life worth living and the psalmist reminds us in verse 4, he turns and speaks directly to God, Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. You can put desert there. Um, That's just a a treeless wilderness outside of the Holy Land. Um, And this idea that we serve a God who is the God of restoration, who is the God... Well, the first reminder I want to point to in that verse 4 is this call to directly address God. This is called prayer. That we are to be a people who know that God is available to us each and every day, every moment, anywhere, any time, He is there. And our heart should long... For renewal, for restoration. This is what God does the best. He moves into situations that are a disaster, and He may not fix the disaster, but He comes to us in the midst of it, and He gives us hope and meaning, love and joy. He meets us in the midst of our sadness and ministers his grace to us. We are to be a people who long for renewal and who thirst for fulfillment. This is who God is, the God who fulfills. He has eternal resources to draw from for our renewal, our restoration, the rebuilding within our hearts of hope and longing and good, he is at work. We are to pray to that eternal God, and we are to look beyond the current reality. Look at verse 5 with me, if you will. It talks about those who sow in tears, present tense, shall reap with shouts of joy, future tense, right? One of the things I love about Hebrew is the whole language has dirt under its fingernails. It has its feet on planet Earth. This isn't like, hey, buck up, buckaroo. Don't look at all the bad things. It's going to be okay. It's like, no, this is terrible. This hurts. I am in pain because of the way life plays out. And God says, give me that. Give me the tears because what I do is I I listen, I move, and I bring about the restoration of joy. I want you to weep over the brokenness of this world. That is a great starting point for all of us. And from there, I want you to move toward that which I have for you, which is... Beautiful and good and right and true and I want to bring that about over time so we are to look past our current reality while giving him the tears of that reality there's a Christian author who talks about the fact that we as as people of faith are to have a foot firmly placed in two different worlds We have a foot firmly placed on this earth in all the realities and ugliness that this planet brings to bear on the human condition. We stay there. We don't lift this foot from the earth because God has put us here for a reason. And so we keep that foot planted there, and with our other, we lay it to rest in God's eternal truth, His love, His grace, his redemption through the work of his son, Jesus Christ. We have a foot in another world. And to put equal weight on those two feet, to stand knowing that this world is broken, but this is where God has planted us for now. And to have a foot in this other world that says there will be a day when there's no more sin, no more cancer, no more suffering, no more sorrow, no more death, but only the eternal light of God's love. And so to give him our tears and to expect him to bring joy out of our sadness, this is who we are and how we are to live in the reality of this world with a clear grasp and understanding that there is something different ahead, to look, to pray to our eternal God continually for renewal and fulfillment, to look beyond our current reality and to claim the abundance of his blessing. Look at verse 6. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. This is an image of blessing. That at some times in our lives we are devastated and we take these steps of faith in our relationship with God almost in defiance to our circumstances at times. There will be days where your faith is just that, a defiance of your current reality. There will be days, there will be Sundays, where you go to church out of defiance to how you feel. There will be days where you pray even though you don't feel like anyone's listening. As those days play out, you have a God who is listening, who is responding, who will bring from that place new beginnings, new hope, new truth, new peace. We are to claim the abundance of God's blessing. This is a spiritual claim. I understand the author is using the metaphor of a harvest. This is not a material promise. If, if you love Jesus, you may still go broke. This has nothing to do with your financial condition. This has everything to do with the truth of who God is. Spiritual blessing. That you can know that God loves you, that he sent his son to die on the cross for your forgiveness, and you are covered. You're forgiven. You are loved. His eternal hand is upon you. And so we live differently. We live expectantly. We live in such a way that we claim God's blessing, hopefully, in this life. It's okay to pray for blessing now. But whether that comes or not, you in Christ have something that lasts forever. God's blessing is eternal. And the Bible says God is love. I want want you to think about that for a minute. All the pain that this life can bring, all of it, However, whatever category you want to put that in, relational, medical, physical, whatever, emotional, all of that pain will one day no longer be part of your reality. You have an eternal God who the Bible describes as light and love and grace And joy, these are the things that are yours forever. So, you may be in tears today. That is not your eternal truth. Will you pray with me? God, our Father, we thank you that you have redefined who we are. That you have sent your Son, who is part of who you are, to become fully human, to suffer, to understand the pain of this world, and to take upon himself the burden of our sin that we might be free. And Lord, help us to lift our heads from these present circumstances and to see beyond to who you truly are and what you truly have for us in eternity. Help us to know now the eternal blessing of your light, your love, your joy in Jesus Christ. It is in his name we pray, amen.